Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You know, TJ is visiting from another planet, to be quite honest with you. Um, he has freakishly unique talent coupled with freakishly unique work habits and mindset, and it produces what you guys witness every week, which, in my opinion, is defensive player of the year quality. Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, praising TJ Watt, the guy from another planet. And you know, there's another guy with the same DNA who plays in Houston, and I can't help but continue to wonder whether or not at some point we're going to see J.J., and TJ on the same field, playing for the same team. Doesn't it just feel like it's in the air, Chris, that it's just inevitable to happen next year that J.J. Watt's going to be a Steeler? Uh, I don't know if I feel that he'll be a Steeler. I mean, I think the Steelers got enough going on there where trying to re-sign a Bud Dupree, doing things like that. But, like, I feel like it's inevitable for J.J. Watt and Houston that that's coming to an end. I'll say that. So uh, I'm with you there. I don't know if the Steelers can make that work. What's J.J. Watt going to ask for money at this point of his career? Maybe. It would be cool to see. I, that That's for sure. I mean, two brothers. One was, I mean, one's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and another one is looking like he might be on a trajectory to have a Hall of Fame career too. So it's pretty awesome. You know what else is amazing? My my, my son's, oh. my son's yeah. theory is that when they signed Derek Watt this year, that was planting the seed for next year to get JJ. Anyway, get, get the go trio. Ahead. Um I That's right. An alien from another planet speaking of that. Are, are you a Vikings fan or not? Like what the hell is going on? What <laughs> I I have oh. never I it's time for us to call to the Vikings fans on Twitter to troll you and tell they need to tell you to get off their bandwagon and get out of here. Let me just say this, and you know my theory of attire, especially early in the morning, especially during the holidays, when I tend to stay up later than I should and I tend to eat more than I should, whatever is the closest and whatever is the cleanest or the least dirty is what gets put on. And and I was feeling a little nostalgic this week because Monday was the 45-year anniversary of the Hail Mary when the Cowboys cheated their way past the Vikings to the NFC Championship game and beat the best Vikings team of the 70s, better go. than any of the teams that go. went to the Super Bowls. You're, you're asking me why. Do you, do you want me to answer? And the other thing, too, is, I mean, this whole salute to service, I mean, there's – you look at you know you 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 understand the NFL is trying to make a little extra money. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's strong connections between the military and football. And I get it. And there's a certain amount of what you could call pandering. But at the same time, still a good this cause. time of year especially, it's a good cause. Right. And this time of year especially, it sucks for people to be away from home. And this is just another message to the folks out there that are listening, that are watching, wherever they are, who are serving the country. If they're away from their families this time of year, that sucks more than usual. So that's part of it. That's too. a good answer. So, okay, I'll buy that. It was right. all, yeah, I mean, that, that was a good answer. Okay, and you we, saved we, yourself. we appreciate them. Yeah, and this we is the do only that. salute to service top that I have. If it was another team, trust me, I would have worn the Buffalo Bills today if I had it. 
uh, for reasons that will become more clear Whoa. an hour from now. But for now, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do it. A team that has clinched its division title. It would have clinched whether they won or lost on Sunday against the Colts because when the Browns lost, that gave it to the Steelers. They will be resting key starters. At a minimum, we know about quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. There may be others. Let's hear from Mike Tomlin talking about going to face their arch-rival Cleveland Browns with, at a minimum, Ben Roethlisberger not playing. One buy available in this uh, in this single elimination tournament. Um, you know, we're not going to be that team. We made that bid, so we're prepared to lay in it. That's the most significant variable for us. And so that being said, uh, given an opportunity to airmail a player or two to the postseason, we will. Uh, ben will not be playing this week. We'll turn toward Mason Rudolph and our young quarterback positional group and, and give those guys an opportunity. Um, we'll look potentially uh, at resting some other guys in terms of making them inactive, but the number of those guys and who those guys are um, will be determined as we push through the week. Make no mistake about it, um, it does not change our intentions in terms of going to Cleveland this weekend. Uh, football is our game. Our job is winning. We intend to do our job. We intend to prepare with that mindset and ultimately let our play lead us to that destination. Um, we're not seeking comfort. We're not grading ourselves on the curve. Uh, this game is on the schedule, and so the guys that will be on the field will represent us, and the standard that is the Pittsburgh Steelers will be the standard. I have a hard time reconciling the back end of what he said with the front end. Don't tell me that you're going to play to win if you're not putting your best players on the field. There's a strategic reason for you not to put your best players on the field, and I understand that you're not going to tell those guys to go out there and lay down. But if you're truly trying to win the game – you're using your best players. Yeah, so sure. tough needle for Mike Tomlin to thread there, Chris. Yeah, well, he, he's trying to keep, you know, the pedal to the metal a little bit about the urgency in the building, and we're still trying to, you know, big picture, win something here, and it doesn't mean that we just, like, take the week off from practice and do anything like that. You know, I don't, but you're right. It's hard to sell that to your team totally, but as you know in the NFL, guys get their opportunity they don't know any anything different than let's go 100% and try to win that game. Now, it is going to be backups, like you said, but I, I can't – I mean, I don't know, Mike. What do you think here with Pittsburgh? For, with me, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for this team, what what they've had to endure this year, it makes sense. Yes, set, sit Big Ben all the way. I would say sit – you know, I, I said on Monday, I thought well, maybe the offense comes out and does something there. Okay, that's fine. The defense is what I'm concerned about. They, I want them to sit they're the team, they're the unit on the Steelers that needs to be really special come playoff time and help out an offense that we're not so, so sure is really consistently good right now. So I understand that. And, you know, I know you and I have talked before too. It's a Steelers team that's been through a lot and their front seven on defense plays the whole damn game. They got to be exhausted. They got to need, you know, a little time off here. I would do that yeah, about mentally, mentally and physically because yeah. they never had a bye week right. this year. Week four became their bye unexpectedly. They were preparing to face the Titans that week, so they practiced as if they were going to play. That game didn't happen. It got moved to week seven, which was their actual bye week, so bye-bye to the bye week. And then when Thanksgiving rolls around and you think you're going to get a mini-bye on the back end of the Thanksgiving night game against the Ravens, that goes bye-bye as well because six days later they finally played the Ravens. So they've constantly been in football mode. They've constantly been in preparing for the next game mode even when the next game doesn't happen. So there's a mental aspect to it that I think is important. Definitely. With Ben, there's an injury aspect, even though when you look at the last three weeks of the injury reports, there's nothing on there by way of injury, and I don't know what's true and what's not true. But obviously he could use – a game where he's not in uniform. And that was one of the keys to me for Tomlin. He was talking about other guys that may be inactive. That tells me that Roethlisberger won't even be dressed right. in a uniform. He'll, he'll, he will have clothes on on the sideline. But the idea that T.J. Watt, do you, do you put him in a uniform and tell him just stay there on the sideline? You, you almost have to keep some of those guys out of pads and no helmet in sight to keep them off of the field. And you can't just kind of partially have them 
there. It's all or it's nothing for a lot of those guys, which makes them great. So there's only so many guys on the roster who can be inactive. It makes you wonder how many of those defensive starters yeah. will end up right. not in uniform. And the ones who are in uniform, are they going to be happy standing around in uniform for three hours in Cleveland? No, you know, probably not, especially if they're not going to play. But that's just what they're going to have to deal with. I'm sure there's going to be a certain amount of players that, yeah, they dress up, they go through warm-ups. They play maybe the first two, three series of the game. They might be out. You know, yeah, then you're just sitting there with a jacket on. And, yeah, you're jealous of the guys who are in street clothes, certainly. But, man, when it comes to, like, you know, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Stephon Tuitt, Alou Alou on the, uh, on the front, I mean, those guys, I I'm resting them. And, and if they are playing, it's very limited snaps, maybe just to get out there, get going for a little bit, and then get them out of the football game. I'd be too worried of something happening. And like you've pointed out, with the COVID-19, everything like that, the mental, physical gymnastics they've had to go through, I, I feel like they've been a little bit of a worn-out football team. They need a little recharge. Is it enough, though, for the Steelers to kind of throw the hay in the barn and slam the door and say, well, open it up again, wild card round, I based know. on one half of good football? Is that one half? Now, it triggered euphoria in the locker room with the T-shirts and the hats. We talked about that the other day. Right. And of course, at least I'm wearing green today if they decide to put the Grinch back up. But it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. They didn't demonstrate conclusively and convincingly that they fixed their problems. They just woke up for less than a half of football. Is that enough for them to confidently say, We'll be ready to go when the wild card rolls around. I, I don't, you know, I, they're going to tell themselves, yes, they, yeah, but I don't know if I'm sold on it. That's why on Monday show, I, we talked about it. I came out and I said, I don't know, this might be one of those things where maybe you do come out and play week 17 just to get out there and kind of capitalize on the momentum a little bit. One more, th you know, one more, you know, opportunity to go, okay, we are back. We feel good. Let's go. All right. We're ready for the playoffs. But I, I feel like, you know, they came to the conclusion that the risk was not worth the reward at that point and that they saw enough and Big Ben's health and feeling 100% for the wild card game is, is more important than, you know, the things we're mentioning. And I'll say this too, Mike, because for my podcast today, I'm going back a little bit and watching the matchups of these playoff game implications, right? And I watched the Browns-Steelers Browns game from, from week six, I believe it was. There, you you could tell Big Ben from watching that after watching what I saw last weekend is not moving the same. There's definitely a lower leg issue. There's no doubt about that. The last few games, how he stands in the pocket, just flat-footed as can be, doesn't move at all. Not that he's been moving a ton this year, but when I turned that game on, I went, oh, wait. He is moving a little bit within the pocket here and definitely more than he has the last few weeks. So, you know, I think there is something there and something to keep an eye on. And I doubt that a week off is going to make him any right. better. It's just a question of avoiding making it worse. There have been reports of serious concerns about the knees, a hyperextended knee suffered in week 13. But again, it was after week 13 where he disappears from the injury report except for his perfunctory Wednesday off that is not injury-related. And there's no mention of knee week 14, 15, 16, or presumably week 17. We'll see because today's the day that we get our first look at the injury reports for all of the games on Sunday because all of the games this week are on Sunday. We'll get all the injury reports today, and we'll see who's healthy and who's not healthy and whether or not Big Ben lands on that injury report. Now, the Steelers could be strategically and deliberately conceding the three seed versus the two seed. They take the three. They give the two to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It doesn't mean as much this year. Remember what T.J. Watt told me on Sunday. They still have a hard time creating energy. They have to, they have to create it from within in that empty stadium. So does it really matter if you're playing the Bills in the divisional round, if that's how it shakes out, if both teams win in the wild card round and it's Steelers at Bills versus Bills at Steelers, does it really matter whether they're hosting that game or going to Buffalo? Now, you don't want to travel if you don't have to, but... Chris, if the Bills are able to have 6,700 fans present, that plan has been submitted. A decision on whether or not they can have fans present for the playoff games is imminent. That's still energy, even if yeah. it's negative energy. You've talked about how 
visiting players feed off of the hatred that they feel coming from the, it's still something to get you going. Sure. I don't know. Maybe from the Steelers perspective, they looked at it and said, for what we gain by potentially being the two seed, it's not worth what we potentially lose by declining to give some of our key players a break heading into a postseason. I, I think that's fair. I think that's exactly what it is, Mike. If you made me guess, you're right. I mean, it's just, again, it's, the other, it's another risk-reward factor that they're not willing to gamble with that risk. And the reward isn't in a year like this that big of a deal to be at home as the two seed. You know, if it does play out the way where, okay, Buffalo, you know, uh, somehow, it will, it will play out that way either way. But the, yes, I don't think it's a big deal. The only thing that's different, all right, at all is, hey, there is an advantage to playing at home and being home. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Is it some huge advantage? No. But if you gave me a choice as a football player in my prime right now to go back and play, whatever it is, if you could tell me I could play a home game or an away game, I'm going to pick a home game. Yes, I'd like to, you know, be in the environment that I'm comfortable in. Uh, and, and there is something to that, but not such a great advantage to where you're going to go, well, we're going to play week 17 and we're a banged up football team, but we're still going to play, you know, just to get the two seed in a year where, you know, like you said, it's not a ton of fans and it's not a big difference. Well, especially if you're going to undermine your ability to get to the divisional round where you would be hosting the three seed versus going on the road as the three right. seed if you can't get there because your team is too beat up. Exactly. As the Baltimore Ravens, for example, come to town, if you get the two seed. See, there's so many moving parts as to who's going to be in what seed in the AFC Yeah. that it's hard to deliberately avoid someone because you really don't know. There's still a roll of the dice. You may wake up Monday morning, hey, we're the three seed. We've avoided the Ravens. Oh, crap, they're the sixth seed. And uh, now we got we still have to play them. I, I, I think at some level, even though they would never admit it, that's a game that the Steelers would love to avoid if they can. Well, I, I, I listen, I, this is where I was going to go because I know we're going to talk about, you know, Sean McDermott and the Bills here in a second, but we might as well just include it in this conversation. I, I'm dead serious with this. Like, if I'm the Buffalo Bills... I, I, I'm doing anything I can. I'm scoreboard watching this weekend. I'm doing anything I can not to have to play the Baltimore Ravens. That, that would be my – the Baltimore Ravens, to me, if you're the Buffalo Bills, that's like the worst team they could see. I, I wouldn't want to deal with them. I, I would, I would, I think, to a degree, try to avoid them the best I can. Like, like you said, there's no guarantee of anything. You know, we, we don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know like how it could all play out to where where Baltimore can jump around between the five, six, and seven seed. I mean, it doesn't look like, you know, I, I don't know. So you're right. You don't know how to play that. But I do think that would be a scary matchup for, yes, the Steelers, even the Buffalo Bills. Man, you got to play them, that running, that running, you know, offense with Lamar Jackson. And, of course, that's secondary, even if you're Josh Allen and all them. That's a little daunting, and I, I, that would cross my mind if I'm McDermott this week preparing for this one. And a lot of those pieces are going to be unfolding at the same time. The early games include Steelers at Browns, Ravens at Bengals, and Dolphins at Bills. The 425 window has the Colts hosting the Jaguars and the Titans at the Texans. So the picture is going to be incomplete. Right in the one o'clock window you need an analytics expert just to help you understand so what where you're going are, are you the two seed are you two seed who, who are you likely to face three seed who are you likely to face and it could be that the bills are trying to concede the two seed the Steelers are trying to concede the two seed if the Steelers lose the two seed is Buffalo's win or lose against the Miami Dolphins and Sean McDermott has said they're going to keep their plans internal for what they do on Sunday. I believe that given everything the Bills have accomplished the past five weeks, yeah. and Micah Hyde said yesterday the Hail Murray play sparked them and right. they had that week off. They had to stew on it for 14 days before they played again. They've won by double digits minimum every week since then. They've won 86 to 28 combined score their last two games. I would keep riding it. Go, I would right. keep letting it fly. I'm with you. I, I, I would. Keep and especially if you can avoid having to face a division rival in the postseason, you don't want to mess with the Dolphins in the postseason. 
It's been a long time since they've played them. The Dolphins are a lot better than they were when the Dolphins gave the Bills a pretty good game back in week two. 27-17, I think, was the final score, although I could be wrong. I'll just act like I'm right. Uh, I, you know, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I think it was 27-17, though. But but uh, you don't want to see them again in the wild card round. You don't want that. You don't want to see them again at all. You would rather – well, although I know you think the Ravens are a bad matchup. I just think there's something – psychological about a division rival sure. coming into your building in the playoffs that you'd like to avoid it if you can. And I just think that they need to continue to ride this wave that shows everyone that they're for real. They need to convince themselves they're for real and convince everyone else they're for real as they head into the playoffs so they're not one and done again. I think that's so much of why we've seen what we've seen recently. They, they are desperate to show everyone and themselves they're not a team that just punches a ticket to the playoffs and then punches out. No, I, I mean, I, I think you're right, and I think you're right. They're a young team. They're just capitalizing on momentum and being a consistent football team and being one of the better, best teams in football and in that conversation. I'm with you. If I'm Buffalo, I'm riding the momentum. I'm not letting us have a week off right now. You know, uh, again, the late they had a late bye week this year. They should be a fairly fresh football team. You know, they had a lot of guys get healthy really in the last six or seven weeks too to where – you know, they didn't have to deal with the wear and tear of the early part of the season. So I would think there's somewhat of a fresh football team. And, yeah, I wouldn't want to let my foot off the gas pedal. I, I really feel like, hey, more times than not, the great teams, the great playoff teams we've seen in history, whether that's the team that's had to, you know, fight their way into the playoffs and had been playing playoff games all through December or that number one or two seed that we've seen in the past who's had to play through December to make sure they're a number one or two seed, those always seem to be the teams that capitalize playoff time. That always. So that would scare me. And the other thing I would throw into this little thing here is, you know, I'd want to beat – I'd want to play, capitalize on the momentum like you said, keep that going – I'd want to beat the Dolphins one more time. And then within beating the Dolphins, you know, I think there, again, you'll increase your chances to where we expect Baltimore to beat Cincinnati. Baltimore will be a higher seed. You'll be a higher seed because you win and you avoid them. I'd be more worried again about Baltimore than I am Miami. You tell me, wait, you have a chance to have Tua and the Miami Dolphins coming to town or Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm sorry, I love the Dolphins and what Brian Flores is doing, but I'm going to pick them all day long. I'm going to go, I'll take Tua and the Dolphins. Sorry, I don't want to deal with that other team. And that might be their best way. This is like what you're saying. Just pedal to the metal and go. By the way, the score in week two was 31-28. to Dolphins losing to the Bills. I was misfiling in my brain the week one score between the Bills and the Jets, 27-17. to So right church, wrong pew. Uh, for that 27-17 score. Thank you, Pete, for clearing that up for me. Here's another reason to knock out the Dolphins. Whatever it is that they're cooking up that feels special, yeah. especially after the game last Saturday right. night with the Raiders and the the, the, the twisted head and the, the, the throw and the win, and, you know, if you can knock them out of the playoffs, you kind of, not not that you're going to completely kill it, but you at least slow down. This, this growth of something with the Dolphins that may be getting out of control, and now next year you've got a real issue with the Dolphins in your division. If you can spray cold water all over this thing that they're putting together, maybe it helps you next year too. If they get to the playoffs, maybe they have a hell of a lot more confidence next year, and they're more of a problem for you next year. So there's an added benefit to delivering an uppercut that knocks them out of the playoffs, Chris. And as you said, if it means the Ravens have a higher spot and you don't see them right out of the gates, all the more reason I, I, to, I, to uh, yeah. take advantage of the opportunity to beat the Dolphins. And look, let's just simplify it. Your team is playing extremely well. Keep playing extremely well. Keep doing what you're doing. We hear, you know, the cliches we hear from coaches all the time, don't reside in your fears is one that I think makes a ton of sense, especially this week, because we've seen teams time and again, most recently the Ravens last year, when they took their foot off the gas, they rested guys week 17, then they have a bye, exactly. then it's three weeks between games, right. and then in come the Titans, who just beat the Patriots, they catch you flat-footed, and the next thing you know, you're done. Exactly. I think you want to keep going, and, and you want, and now you need to be ready to stand up 
and answer the tough questions if Josh Allen or someone else get injured in a meaningless game. You need to be willing to say, look, we've seen time and again what happens to teams that deliberately surrender their momentum. Right. And we were not going to deliberately surrender our momentum. Yeah, no, you're right. You're going to have to be able to answer those questions, certainly. But we saw... But that's the answer. That's that, it. I mean, that they is. act like they're afraid. Oh, they're going to go crazy if somebody gets injured. Well, they're going to be upset. But you say to them, we can't deliberately surrender our momentum. Yeah. We can't. You can go through because the facts of what time. happens to the teams that do. Right. You can go through the facts of time. You just mentioned it. Baltimore last year. Oh, what? Kansas City had to play week 17 last year. Oh, they won. Guess what? They rode that momentum into the playoffs, went to the Super Bowl, even though it was, you know, all over the place as far as comeback wins and everything like that. You'll be able to point to if you're Sean McDermott to go, wait, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots went to 97 Super Bowls. They played like week 17 every time, like every time. Didn't matter if they had it locked up or were a one seed or a two seed. They always played. They always kept up on There is something about just playing, staying in your routine, staying in game shape, staying battle tested, all of those things. That's where it's a, it's a tough balance for a coach here. You know, Mike Tomlin, I tell him to rest them. They're a different team. They're beat up. It's been different. They're a little older in some spots. Okay, they're different. The Bills are a whole different entity in themselves, too. And they're not the Steelers with this, you know, a quarterback with, you know, playoff history and all those things as well. So uh, I'm, I'm with you, Mike, all the way. I, I think you ride them in momentum. And, you know, you can play the percentages a little bit, right? I mean, you wrote yesterday, okay, Pittsburgh, they're looking good for Cleveland right now, right, in that football game. You know, I don't know what happens with Buffalo and Miami, but I think we can also sit here and, and, and just chalk it up and go, I feel pretty good that Baltimore is going to beat Cincinnati. So there you have two out of these four teams we're talking about that are really set up in a good spot to where, I, I mean, it'd be shocking to me if either one of those lose. So you can play it a little bit or figure it out a little bit, I guess is what I'm saying. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, if the Browns lose to Mason Rudolph, then they don't belong in the playoffs. If you if you finish your season with a loss to the Jets and a loss to Mason Rudolph, you, you don't deserve a spot That's at the right. table. That's I don't right. care how many wins you have. Oh, we got 10 wins. We should be in. Not if you can't beat the Jets and Mason Rudolph in back-to-back -back weeks. And, of yeah. course, the Mason Rudolph angle means a reunion with Miles Garrett, that ugly incident from last November when Garrett – Number one, removed the helmet of Mason Rudolph, and then number two, whacked him over the head with it. And it's still amazing to this day that Rudolph didn't suffer a serious injury. That could be something that that uh, bubbles up during that game, especially if the Browns are feeling frustrated, if the Steelers are, are finding a way to beat the Browns right. on a day where the Browns desperately need to win. Another issue this year, last year's controversy, obviously, Garrett and Rudolph this year controversies regarding social distancing and mask wearing and locker rooms and dancing and Mike Tomlin addressed yesterday a point that we had flagged and others have discussed this week the videos we saw coming out of the Steelers locker room they've heard from the NFL let's hear from Mike Tomlin on that topic I haven't heard directly from the for the National Football League our organization has um, and that's something that we're going to address with our group uh, obviously emotions were what they were in terms of being divisional champs, uh, but we are in a global pandemic uh, and we take that very seriously. And so we got to control our emotions. It is a continual education process in terms of making sure that our guys understand how important it is that we adhere to the protocols uh, of, of the pandemic. Now that being said, sometimes the education is punitive in nature and that's just the reality of it, uh, but we'll keep that business in-house yeah, look, the education is punitive in nature because sometimes that's the only way to get people to learn the lesson when they have to dig deep into their pocket and write uh, a check. Uh, although I've mixed my metaphors there. They know who we mean. The bottom line is you could get whacked by the league and the Steelers still may. And apart from any punishment that could be imposed externally, Chris, this is a lesson going forward. Teams this weekend that win playoff spots, teams wild card weekend who win playoff games, that celebration in the locker room could derail you the next week if you have a guy who slipped through the cracks between the incubation period and the lag between sample collection and getting the results. If you've got a guy in there who's positive and the virus is flowing, 
next weekend you may not have some key players for your next playoff game. That's that's the best reason at this stage of the season to be careful. Yeah, that, that's right. That's why it's scary. It, it's, you know, again, it's not about, about the players being fearful of themselves getting it. It's going to be about, hey, it's it's we're down the home stretch here. It's It's go time. We can't mess around. You know, you have an incident like the Cleveland Browns did last week with players being out on a Saturday before a game in the playoffs. Sorry, you're going home the next day because you're not going to win that playoff game and it's going to be season over and pack your bags. So, And they're not going to delay it. No, That's the, the other not. thing, too. They're right. not going to give it. Just because it's a playoffs, nobody's getting a pass. It's the, the NFLPA said this yesterday. It's the same approach as it was during the regular season. They're right. only going to delay games. For health reasons, not strategic reasons. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. I mean, that's the way it should be, and hopefully that can keep the players on the straight and narrow. But the the big thing is, like you said, this week, yeah, playoff berths, division championships, whatever it is, you know, do your best players to not do that. One, so you can save your money and not get fined, but, yeah, you don't want to take the risk that you're talking about. It's certainly real. Meanwhile, the Browns are still dealing with the aftermath of the COVID-19 mini-outbreak that – reared its ugly head on Saturday. Three guys placed on the reserve COVID-19 list yesterday. Tight end Harrison Bryant, safety Andrew Sendejo, safety Carl Joseph. They don't say whether or not a guy tested positive. It could be one of them was positive and the other two were close contacts. I haven't seen any updated reporting on that yet. If it's a close contact, you can come off fairly quickly. You test negative and it's five days after your exposure to the person you're good to go. If it's positive, you're going to miss a game. So the Browns may be shorthanded again this weekend, but at least this weekend they have a chance to meaningfully prepare for the absence of players. What happened right. last week to lose all those guys the day before the game and to just throw everything into upheaval, that makes it hard to win even when you are playing the, the Jets, Chris. But, but that issue is going to continue to hover. And it's one thing to lose a regular season game and think, man, we kind of got screwed by these protocols because you have another regular season game immediately on the tracks that can take your attention. If you lose a playoff game and you feel like you got screwed by the protocols, you got seven months to stew over that and your fans got seven months to be upset about it. So it's all the more reasons for everyone to understand now, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Keep your guys safe. Be smart in the facility. Go straight home and stay home. We've heard less and less talk about even the possibility of a voluntary bubble because they're testing family members now if they want to be tested. They believe that the, the, the system they've created in the various cities works. Go to work, go home. Go to work, go home. Yeah. And I, I, I think they're going to hope that they can just push it through the month of January like that. But the teams that can do it and avoid outbreaks are the teams that are more likely to win their playoff games. It's that simple. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be, you know, uh, you know, the, the example I think of is like you don't want to be that guy that is seen out in a place where you're not supposed to be seen, and then you're the guy that ends up being, you know, responsible for a COVID-19, some sort of outbreak, or you were around somebody, and now your team loses that playoff game. I mean, that's that's how you become a running joke in a city. That's how you get yourself run out of a city. You know, that becomes like Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard boat trip on the week of the playoff football game where it doesn't die down. You know, so you, that's where players, I would be really worried. And you got to be careful, not only on the field, but you will become the scapegoat if it gets traced back to you having some party or something stupid like that and people will make fun of you, just like Philadelphia with Nelson Aguilar and things like that. It'll just, it'll never stop. Yeah, and you have every reason to be focused in January. You get more money for each game you win. You potentially have a Super Bowl ring. You build a legacy. There are plenty of reasons for guys to, to be as careful as possible and plenty of reasons for the leaders on the team, the quarterbacks especially, because their legacies are tied to it more than anyone else. Make sure their guys are doing the smart thing. Now, one guy who popped up yesterday on the COVID-19 reserve list, Rams receiver Cooper Cup, placed on that list by... Uh, the L.A. Rams. Do they really even need him, though, this weekend to beat the Cardinals? I don't know. It's good to have him. And I still, you know, the more I think about the whole John Walford thing and Sean McVay, this is going to be an interesting laboratory experiment as to how good McVay is, because there's no reason to think that that Walford will be horrible. He wouldn't be there if McVay didn't see something in him. He wouldn't have been the backup wire to wire if McVay didn't believe he could get it done. 
McVeigh believes he can get it done, Chris. So uh, I'm kind of intrigued to see if he can. Sure. And this will show, on one hand, that McVeigh's a genius. And on the other hand, uh, somebody's not a genius for giving Jared Goff all that money because there's other guys out there who could do it for a lot less. It could, it could be that way. We're, we will see. They do need Cooper Cup, though, because he's a big part of their formula, Mike, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time. You know, it's, hey, speed sweep. Fake the speed sweep. Hand it off to the running back. Fake the speed sweep. Fake the running back. Bootleg. Okay, and that's where Cooper Cup can sometimes be the speed sweep guy. But more importantly, Mike, he's that guy so many of the times we see either, you know, going across the formation 10 yards down the field at a crossing route or that guy where, you know, he acts like he's blocking down and then he sneaks out into the flat as Jared Goff comes around on a bootleg to where he looks downfield and, oh, nothing's there, and now I got Cooper Cup at, you know, right at the line of scrimmage and he can catch the ball and get six or seven yards. That's where they need him. They definitely need Cooper Cup uh, this week. And, and Wolford, listen, I, I would be shocked if he can't execute this offense. Like we've talked about it, it's not really a complicated formula. The only difference I can see them really having is maybe you can't do that hurry up, Jared Goff, Sean McVay at the line of scrimmage because he's programmed Jared Goff in such a way to get to the right play and do all those things. And maybe you don't want to do that with a first-time starting quarterback in Week 17 in a, you know, in a meaningful game. That would be something I think they lose. But anything else, you know, I think it'll be manageable and it'll be okay. Some Rams fans who were very loud in their objection to my argument from a couple of years ago that the Rams should be the first team to say no thank you when the time comes to give a major contract to a young quarterback who has checked boxes and looked good and passed the eyeball test. Uh, some of those folks are starting to come around on the idea that maybe they shouldn't have. And we have an item at PFT that explains why it's going to be very difficult if the Rams would decide after this season. Let's say Walford wins. And let's say Walford keeps going. I know they think Goff's going to be back for the playoffs, but he's got screws in his thumb. We'll, we'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But if they win enough games where they think, hey, you know what, we really don't need to give all this money to Jared Goff, they're still stuck with him for a couple of years. And like I said, you can see all the details at PFT. For now, let's take a break. A quarterback who became available via waivers has gone through waivers. Will Dwayne Haskins find a landing spot between now and the end of the playoffs? We'll discuss that next year on Pro Football Talk Live. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Well, look, Washington fans, we know it's a big week winning in for the postseason. We hate to depress you, but this graphic gives you reason to not be thrilled about the current state of the franchise. Not that you need a reminder, but first-round quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era, at least in the last 26 years, not good. Starting with Heath Schuler, continuing with Patrick Ragdoll Ramsey, because it wasn't his fault. He got thrown around oh, like he the did. proverbial Ragdoll right. during his career. Jason Campbell was I never felt they believed in Jason Campbell the way they should. I think he could have been better if they really truly had embraced him. I don't know what the issue was there, although it probably was disagree what what a shock. Some sort of disagreement in the upper reaches of the organization and the coaching staff over whether or not they should embrace the guy. But uh, then the RG3 debacle with the Shanahan's, they didn't want him, the owner did, and then Dwayne Haskins Jr. All indications are the owner wanted him, nobody else did, and now uh, Dwayne Haskins is gone. 
released on Monday abruptly. The Washington football team choosing to rip the Band-Aid off and admit the mistake and move on instead of compounding it, even though they could have held him and maybe traded him in the offseason to wherever Urban Meyer ends up if he ends up back in the NFL. Unclaimed on waivers yesterday, Chris. What do you believe is next for Dwayne Haskins? Well, I mean, it's I don't expect anything to happen anytime you know soon. Uh, that, that's for sure. I, I think it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, he's going to have to – you know, take some time off. He's going to be off a team here for a little bit. You know, his agent and his crew there are going to have to start talking to teams that felt like maybe were interested during the draft process. And they're going to have to try to find teams that make sense for Dwayne Haskins to kind of rebuild himself. Listen, nobody's going to bring him in to be a starter. We know that. Really, nobody is going to logically bring him in to be a backup quarterback right now. There's no way. Not just go like, hey, we're going to sign you. You're the backup here. That's not going to happen. You, you can't, as an NFL organization, trust him right now at this point. You'd have to see him and evaluate a little bit and know he's on the, you know, the right path before you're going to anoint him as your backup. So he needs to find a team where, really, he can go and be a third stringer and have no pressure of playing or performing and learn a little bit, learn to you know, be a mature man, a professional, all of those things. And then he's going to have to rebuild from there. But to me, it, it's something like that, Mike. That's where I said, like yesterday, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a scenario to look at. You know, you know, another scenario. I'm just throwing scenarios out there right now to you. Like, okay, the, the Seattle Seahawks, right? They got Russell Wilson. They got Geno Smith. That's one. That's two. But then, okay, we got Dwayne Haskins. Maybe he could be our two, two years from now. And maybe we, by that time, he could, you know, get himself righted to where if Russell Wilson did get hurt, we could feel really good about, man, we got Dwayne Haskins as a backup and we can throw him in there. To me, it has to be that sort of situation at this point for Haskins. And it has to be a situation he's comfortable with as sure. well as it relates to opportunities to develop, eventual opportunities to play. But right. he needs really good advice on picking that next spot because he needs maturity. He needs a team that believes in him. Yes. He needs an opportunity to grow. He's 23 years old. It's too early to just say this guy's done. It's over. And there are people who are suggesting that it was some sort of serious reach by Washington to take him with the 15th overall pick. No, it wasn't. Somebody was taking him in the first round. Somebody after Washington was going to take him, and if we got down into the 20s, what was going to happen is someone was going to trade back in to round one and get him with that five-year contract. He was going in round one. This wasn't some ridiculous, what the hell are they thinking type of a draft pick. It just hasn't worked out. It wasn't the right spot for him. It wasn't the right player for the team. There's too much fluctuation and turmoil and stuff happening in Washington right now. It just wasn't a good marriage and now they move on, and they may have done him a huge favor. And this may be the wake-up call he needs, Hopefully. the Chris Carter-style early career wake-up call. Right. Not that the problems are similar between the two guys, but sometimes it's that indignity. It's that slap in the face. It's that, hey, you, it's time to grow up. Right. That's what it takes to get a guy to grow up and embrace what he needs to do. So it's going to be if he has multiple options. I mean, it may be an easy call for him. He may only have one option wherever Urban Meyer goes. And if it's not that, the Steelers, I think, as you said yesterday, make a ton of sense. But I don't see any reason to complicate your life now as a team to bring in a guy who doesn't know your offense, who brings right. all that baggage, right. who you'd have to get to know on the fly. It just doesn't make any sense no. for any team to sign him for the playoff run. No, you're exactly right. Nobody wants that. What? Okay, yeah, we bring in a guy in, playoff run, and he's not going to really contribute to the team, but he's going to contribute to the daily media session and the clamoring of you know that story. And all. You know, team, we, we know that. Teams don't want to deal with that. Uh, Dwayne Haskins... He's got talent. He, I, I know he's a good kid. I've heard too many people say it. You know, it's not a guy that's got malice or meanness in him. Yeah, he's lost his way a little bit, you know, and somebody needs to kind of show him the right way here. And, and hopefully he can find a team that does support him the right way, has a little faith in him, has a little patience in him, and doesn't need him to be something. Like, to me, that's where you take a shot on him. You know, again, I'll throw another scenario out there. I don't know if this exactly works, right? But like a team like Tampa, that would be another team I would think about 
where I know they drafted the kid from Washington this year who's a big, strong-armed kid, but, you know, hey, Brady, one more year. Hey, let's have Dwayne Haskins in. Let's see what maybe we can bring him into something. We like risk-it-no-biscuit-throwing type of quarterbacks who sit in the pocket. You know, that's what he can do. So, uh, But, but it ha- to me, it has to be something like that, that that would make sense for Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, look, he's got to get another chance. He, he's Like I said, he's 23, and young guys do dumb, selfish, stupid things because I did plenty of them. And oh. if I'd have had $10 million on top of that, I mean, I did dumb, stupid, selfish things, and I didn't have any money. Right. You give me money on top of it, I'd have been a thousand times worse. So I can understand the situation, but it's time to grow up now. This is it. This is the moment. This is the reckoning, and this is the wake-up call for Dwayne Haskins. We'll see what happens with him in 2021 because, Chris, I think we both agree we're not going to see him again in uniform anywhere in 2020. All right, let's take a break when we return. Last week we did an extended airing of grievances on the actual day of Festivus, but it's still a staple of our Wednesday routine. Grievances time when PFT Live continues right after this. Or professional athletes getting paid a whole lot of money. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of shit. And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this so if you can't go out there and you can't work out you can't show up on time you can't practice you can't want to go out there and win you shouldn't be here because this is a privilege it's the greatest job in the world you get to go out and play a game and if you can't care enough even in week 17 even when you're trash when you're 4 and 11 if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest that's bull Powerful statement from J.J. Watt after the Texans lost on Sunday to the Cincinnati Bengals. And that that's, that sentiment will resonate extremely well in the locker room of the next team J.J. Watt plays for, because I just think it's a matter of time before he's no longer a Houston Texan. It's airing of grievances time, Chris. I'm going to throw it to you, and and uh, you, you've got one that has legs this time of year, I'll let you take it from here. Well, we hit on it last week a little bit, right? And, you know, it was the holidays. Maybe not everybody saw it, but I think it's even more prevalent this week with what we got going on. The the race for the number two seed. You know, I think that was one of the unforeseen circumstances or, you know, the thing that maybe the NFL didn't plan for. But, man, this week would be a whole lot better if we had the race for the number two seed and that first round by two. I mean, Pittsburgh and Buffalo wouldn't be talking about resting players right now. That would not be a conversation. They'd be trying to play to have a real week off and then, of course, only have to play two games. So I think that's one of those things where, you know, it's disappointing. It it really is, you know, and and even it hurts in the NFC. I know we still have those three teams towards the top there, but it would still add intrigue to know, okay, how does this shake out on Sunday? And which of the two out of the three, the Saints, the Seahawks, or the Packers, get those first-round buys? That would be something there to that. So, you know, again, I didn't love this 17 playoff format. I did not love it. And this is one of the things I didn't really think of at the time. But, yeah, that bothers me. And, uh, you know, we're going to go to eight, eight teams? And then what? Have more irrelevant games in Week 17? I mean, if we went to eight teams, Mike, next year, which, I mean, or it's coming soon, we know, Arizona wouldn't be playing this week. That would take another game off the list. I mean, I just, uh, to me, again, I, I wish we can go back to six. There's always going to be the scramble for the last spot, whether it's four, five, six, seven, or eight. And in my lifetime, it's been four, it's been five, it's been six, and now it's been seven per conference. There's always a scramble for that last spot. That's always going to be there. You're just moving where it is. But when you take off the table, the chase for the two seed and the bye week that goes along with it, you inherently make the process less interesting. And we've got this cluster in both conferences of two through six, and nobody knows and nobody cares. There's too many moving pieces. There's too many moving parts. It's too hard to figure it out. Let's just see how it plays out. I agree with you. I'm reluctant to do so, but I agree with you. It's more fun when there's two buys. You've got more for the best teams to play for, 
And it would be great to see this game of musical chairs between Seattle, Green Bay, and New Orleans for two spots with a week off. Yeah. And one team is going to have to play next week. So, uh, and, and yeah, when it goes to eight, then the only thing left is that that race for the eighth seed. Everybody else is in, and it's just, okay, well, you're the division winner, you're the wild card. And look, home field advantage means even less this year when there aren't fans there. So this, this is the worst possible year to go to seven, frankly, the way that it's all played out. But, but it is something for the NFL to think about because the playoffs at the top are less exciting. Yes. The race for the playoffs is less exciting than it's ever been. And that's because there's only one by now instead of two. Here's mine. Yeah. Um, and 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 this is a plea to everyone out there who covers the NFL. Just because you get a press release doesn't mean that you just vomit that press release all over your social media accounts or wherever, just so you can check the box and say you've reported something. Or for some people, I think there's a little mamu involved for the things that they promote when the press release rolls around. But yesterday, this idea that Russell Okun gets paid in Bitcoin got legs because Ian Rappaport tweeted he gets paid in Bitcoin. Except he doesn't get paid in Bitcoin. And Rappaport eventually tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube with this long convoluted tweet that basically was saying he doesn't get paid in Bitcoin and he doesn't get paid in Bitcoin. He gets that his money a, into an account right. just like anybody else and he buys Bitcoin with it. He's not being paid in Bitcoin. And it was a ruse by whoever it is that wants people to go out and I don't, this whole Bitcoin. Look, I, I gladly don't understand it because in my gut, it tells me it's, it's one big pyramid scam. That's what it is. And somebody's getting screwed when they buy Bitcoin. But this idea that he's being paid in Bitcoin, everybody's like, oh, they pay in Bitcoin now. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. And that drove me nuts yesterday. And 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 again, it's it's grievance time. And I feel better. Mike. I, it was therapeutic for me to well, unleash good. that. I, I, when I read it yesterday on PFT, I was like, wait, the NFL let this go? I, I thought, like, did no, I miss it, something? No, they didn't. Right. It didn't happen. I was like, the NFL yeah. is going to let p teams play players in Bitcoin now? I mean, whoa, the salary cap's going to get really interesting. So I, I was yeah. shocked when I saw that. It was all false. It was all fake. And it was all calculated to get people to think that Bitcoin is some bigger deal than it is. So they'll go buy Bitcoin, and the value goes up and up and up. And then you get out and let the suckers who got in late Hold the bag. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.